forced to get off of home base. We thought it was too dangerous. They said too many people are getting hurt. There were 10 people that were taken off site. A lot of people have been talking about these fires, but it was so much more than that. Podcast 99. Hello and welcome to Podcast 99. This is Ryan Lichten. Today we have another Survivor story. This is a two-parter. We threw them together. This is going to be kind of like our girl gang goes to Woodstock 99 episode because we have two survivors on this episode, Karen and Sarah. Uh, they both were, you know, young high school girls that, that went to Woodstock 99 with a couple of their other gal pals. And seemingly evaded all of the dangerous obstacles that Woodstock 99 provided so many other guests, especially guests of their demographic. Um, and it's kind of interesting to because this story completely turns the narrative of Woodstock 99 on its head. And... Um, and it's kind of just like a nice weekend, and, and it offers a, a completely different perspective and a different experience, um, you know, the, to, to the whole thing. So without further ado, this is Karen and Sarah. All right, folks, I'm sitting here with Karen, and uh, you went to Woodstock 99. Uh, you're now living in Canada. That makes us, I believe, our second or third uh, Canadian that trekked all the way into <laughs> uh, into the U.S. for this concert. Uh, how old were you in 1999? When did you find out you were going? What well, walk us through uh, finding out about Woodstock 99? Um, I guess we heard about it. I think probably ads on TV or whatever. Um, we were. I think we were. It was the summer we were going into grade 12, so I went with myself and three girlfriends so we were three of us were 17 and my one girlfriend was uh 16 when we went and um what we did was we uh bought a bus package and so we lived in ottawa and the bus was leaving from montreal and so it was four hundred dollars for your ticket and the bus uh, transportation there and back and the, like the bus package included camping as well, uh-huh. on site. And have you had you ever been to anything like this before, like any like large scale festival like this? No, no, not before. Like we have since, but that was our first big thing. I really don't. Being a parent now, I really don't. I'm just like really surprised that our parents let us go. To be honest, well, yeah, it was. <laughs> like, well, no, no one knew uh, that you know uh, it was going to turn out so so poorly. So, you know, I, I feel like after '99, that's when parents were like, maybe we'll take a second look at these festivals before we let our teenagers go. Yeah, well, yeah, it was great. Well, my sister was the same age for '94, and she wasn't allowed to go, so that's still um, something that she's a little bit bitter about. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and. So my dad, even, like, I remember everybody brought their $400 to school and gave it to me at school, and then I gave it to my dad, and he bought our tickets, like, on his credit card or whatever. And then he ended up, I think we left uh, at, like, 1 in the morning to drive to Montreal, and my dad drove us down there, and then he was driving back and going straight to work after. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And w- what was it uh, about about the, about the Woodstock 99 that made you want to go? I mean, were there specific bands that you were really excited about, or was it kind of just the experience as a whole? Um, I think just, I think both. Like, the experience as a whole, it looked awesome, and we had seen, 
94, and that was amazing, but we were too young, obviously, to go to that one. But, uh, yeah, just all the bands and just the experience, I guess. Okay, so down. so now you get on the bus and, and it's super early. Um, did when did you actually arrive? Like, did you get there the Thursday before everything started? Did you get there Friday? We got there Friday. The bus left, I think, at like six or something from Montreal on Friday morning, and then um, we actually we got there later than expected because we stopped at the we had to stop at the border, and this was back when you didn't need a passport to go to the states. You only needed like ID. That's crazy. um as a as a Canadian, yeah. So, um, but we got held up at the border because I guess somebody had I I can't remember. Sarah might know. Somebody had either pot on them or they had like a an arrest or a criminal record or something like that. So they weren't allowed to cross. So we <laughs> Already, got we were at the border are, uh, <laughs> going going yeah. south. Yeah, so we were at the border for a while, um, like a couple hours, I want to say, before we could get through. And then I remember, like, I really, really wanted to see Jamiroquai, and we were pulling up, like, driving beside the Air Force Base, and you could hear him, and he was playing, so I was super bummed that I didn't get to see him. Right, so what's, um, like, your first priority when you actually arrive? I mean, and, like, what kind of gear and stuff did you, did you guys bring with you? Like, we we brought tents. We went out. We got tents. So there's four of us. We each got, like, we um, had two two-person tents and then sleeping bags and pillows and clothes, and that's pretty much all we brought. Like, we didn't bring any food, like, nothing. Um, looking back on it now, I'm like, oh, my God, like, we were so naive and whatever. Like, it all worked out, but, like, going anywhere now, I bring so much stuff with me that... <laughs> I can't, like, I don't know. But, the, and then, so we got there, and, like, we, there was all these rules, like, all this stuff that you can't bring in, so we followed all those rules, obviously, because we were scared we wouldn't get let in, and nobody was checking anything. Um, yeah, I mean, that that's what, that's always what it seemed like, you know, that they kind of just yeah. either gave the bag a pat down, or, or just, like, kind of shuffled you in. I mean, was that kind of concerning at the time, where it's like, oh, shit, like, we should have, uh... <laughs> we, we we could have brought in, you know, water, say. Well, yeah, I remember we were like, oh, crap, we could have brought in, like, a bunch of stuff, but whatever. Like, we were going so far from home that it was just better to be safe than sorry, I guess. And so once we got there, um, the, the bus tours all had, um, like, the, camp, the camping zone had different areas, and there was flags up. And I think I remember we were in the yellow. We had to camp in the yellow zone. So basically it was just like um, kind of flagged off and you could basically camp anywhere you wanted as long as you were in this, like in your right color kind of thing. So we just went and we actually ended up on the bus meeting up with um, a guy who I had dated and a friend of his. They were on the same bus with us. So the six of us camped around each other. And was the camping like, you know, it being your first time at something like this, you know, and, you know, being being so young, you know what I mean? Like essentially being in high school still. I mean, was it intimidating getting your stuff set up? Like, did it seem like it was fairly organized by the time you guys got there or was it a total free for all? Um, No, I don't remember like 
thinking it was intimidating. Like, we just found a spot, and we set up our stuff, and we, um, like, we made friends with the neighbors and stuff like that. Like, there was a group of guys in, in their 20s from, I think, New Hampshire or something like that that were camping next to us, and so we kind of befriended them, and, like, we all kind of hung out when we were at the camp campsite. And right, I had your so posse. it was fine. Yeah. Excellent. So now it's time to go into the festival. Like, what was, what's your first impression of, of walking into the Air Force Base? Like, just the grounds in general and, like, the sheer size of it? Like, what were you guys thinking and what were you trying to get to first? Yeah, it was huge. Like, we there was so much walking, like, walking up and down that runway because the stage was set up all the way at one end, I think, and, like, the camping was pretty far away and I think in between them was where the vendors were set up um and yeah it was just it was hot and it was a lot of walking now who was who like you you said you missed Jamiroquai the first on your list who was the first act you remember seeing I don't remember I don't remember Sarah might remember my friend I think my friend Megan and my friend Aaron might want to chat with you guys too. They're the other two girls that we went down yeah, with, absolutely. so they might remember. Like I was looking at my photo album last night, and I really am not. I I just I don't know. I don't know. Who we saw <laughs> I'd have right. to look at. The, I might have like I'd have to look at the playlist maybe or the the um, schedule and see who I remember seeing. Right. Well, uh, so well, like, I'll throw some out there. Like the first day had like live and Cheryl Crow, um, and DMX and the Roots played. Um, you also, oh, any yeah, of those okay. ringing the bell? Um, you also had yeah, corn on I that first day. Yeah, I think we saw live. Oh, corn. Okay, so yeah, so I think we saw live. I know for sure we saw DMX because I was like, uh, we would kind of pair off like. Um, two of us would go, like, one way, and two of us would go another way, depending on, like, who wanted to see what kind of thing. And I remember we were pretty close for DMX, and the crowd was so close together, like, like we were squished so close together, and everybody was jumping that I was moving up and down as if I were jumping, but my feet weren't touching the ground. Now, is that scary? I mean, because when you watch these crowds, like, I mean, you know, me not having been there, you know what I mean? But always just been obsessed. But yeah. e even people that went like, like, if you look back at these at these crowds, especially like DMX, it's massive. I mean, it's an ocean of people. Um, and and yeah, so you're saying you were being kind of just like swept off your feet, like just at the mercy of the motion of the crowd. Was that like, was that scary yeah. at all to you or, or were you just with um. it? I don't remember it being scary at the time. Like, thinking about it, if I were in that situation now, I would be like, oh, God, I have to get out of here. But, uh, like, being so young, we were just like, wow, this is awesome. Like, right. we just, it was, like, the first the first time we'd ever done anything like that. And so we were just, like, soaking it all in and, you know. And, like, um, when – I know when Limp Biscuit played and, like, everybody was ripping the wood off the um, sound tower or whatever – one of my girlfriends was up on one of those pieces of wood. That's insane. 
Yeah. And, 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 like, that, and that's the whole just, ne- next day. So, I mean, you guys are, yeah. like, you, you were in it. Like, you know, to, to be that close for, for DMX on the first day. Um, and then did, did you see Corn at all? Do you remember what, watching Corn or Bush? Yeah. Wait. Yeah, I remember watching Corn. I don't know that I saw Bush, but my other friends might have. Were, were you uh, Corn um, fans? Really... Or, were, or were you just catching, like, whatever the big bands were? Uh, yeah, no, I liked Corn, but we tried to catch, like, the big bands, but, like, we had different, um, like, some of us had different priorities to see different bands and stuff, so it was good that there was, a like, a group of us, because we could just split off and, you know, right. see whoever you wanted, kind of thing. How would you guys find each other? Uh, we would just meet up back at the tent. Okay, and w- was your tent location, yeah. like, because, you know, we've talked to some people that were like set up right by a gate or, or they would have like a landmark. They'd be like, Oh, we're right by this booth or we're right by this thing. How, how would you guys find your tent? Like, like, you know, especially as the sea of more and more people started setting up, did it become more difficult to, to locate your stuff? Uh, not really. Like after the first couple of times, because like I said, it was flagged off with the colors. So as long as you found the yellow section, um, you could pretty much find it. And then I think we just used, like, other people's tents as landmarks because ours were pretty small. They were just, like, two two person. But, like, the guys that we were next to, they had, like, a huge tent set up and, like, a tarp set up and stuff like that. So I think we probably looked for them, and then we knew we were right beside them. Okay, so it wasn't, like, impossible, you know, because, yeah, we, again, we've talked to some people that just, like, never found their friends, you know, like, they're like the second they oh, split no. up. Yeah, you know, so, so that's good. Yeah. Um, and especially, you know, because you're a, you're a group of young girls, and, you know, of course, yeah. the whole thing with Woodstock is all the awful stuff, you know, that, that happened to a lot of young women there. I mean, were you guys nervous at all walking around, or were you picking up any of this kind of, like, nasty energy that that was flying around there? No. Like, not at all. We, like, I, we didn't hear about any of that stuff until afterwards. And we were like, oh, man, like, that's brutal. And that probably, you know, like, we're just kind of lucky that none of that stuff ever happened to us. Because we weren't, it was, I don't even think it was, like, on our radar about stuff. Like, we weren't, like, clueless. We were being safe and stuff. We were always in pairs and, you know, like, that kind of stuff. But, um, like... I don't know. It just ha- like I guess we were just lucky. The guys that we were camping beside were like really nice guys, and you know they were they were decent guys and didn't try to you know take advantage of the situation or anything like that with us. Right. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. That, that is very good. Uh, so you know, the, let me uh, the second day now. Uh, you know, you, you guys see corn and all that stuff. Um, did you check out the rave at all that that first night or, or at all? Because that's the mysterious. I did not. Part. Uh, my friends Megan and Sarah went, I think, both nights, but I didn't go to it either night. I think, well, I think Saturday night we went, I went to it, like, we just went to kind of find them, but I didn't go in. Like, apparently it was inside a hangar. Right. But I was just on the outside. Yeah. <laughs> so, not not going to wander uh, into the into the abyss of, of the rave. So what Sarah did, though. Sarah will have more um, to say about the rave. Yeah, I, I love sure. this. Yeah, we're we're gonna be calling this the uh, the the girls' weekend out uh, edition of Survivor <laughs> Stories because we we got a whole you know we, we got the whole lady gang uh, here. So now when you wake up uh, and it, and it's Saturday, was there any difference 
between like the way that the grounds look, the attitude of the people? Like, can, can you remember any kind of like vibe difference uh, going into the second day as opposed to the first day? Um, not really. I know. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure the toilets were emptied. I can't. I I want to say maybe Friday night or Saturday morning, and that like all the porta potties, and I think that was the last time that they were emptied. So after that, it started to get pretty gross. And what, um, what did you guys do about that? You know, like I mean, like when you when you had to when you had to use a, the restroom. I mean, <laughs> did did you brave the the mud piles to to get into one of those? Those porta potties, or was yeah. it just like, eh? Well, no. Like when there was mud outside the porta potties, we avoided that area. It was pretty gross. Like I don't know, people were playing in the mud and stuff like that, like trying to recreate '94, I guess. But it was like literally, like right outside the porta potties. So we were, we we just stayed away from there. I think we just kind of like found, like if you find a row of porta potties, you gotta just find them the the most decent one and use that one <laughs> a needle in a haystack of poop yeah at, at woodstock 99 is essentially what's happening there um so now saturday had like kid rock and live and and wyclef jean alanis morissette dave matthews band did you see any of those this is all before limp biscuit yeah yeah i'm pretty sure we saw all of them we stayed like i i was looking through my photo album i found a picture of um Megan and, and myself, and we're sitting out by the stage, and on the back, because I wrote on some of the backs of the pictures, um, just woke up from a nap. So I guess, I think we were out there pretty much all day, like, and if a band came on that we weren't really into, we would just literally lay down where we were and have a snooze. <laughs> just yeah, just hit, hit the snooze button. Now, as yeah. far as food goes, I mean, what what were you guys e eating? Do you remember, you know, buying food or, or or buying water? Like, what what's the whole deal with uh, keeping you know keeping your sustenance up? Yeah, so we bought. Um, I'm pretty sure we bought. We each bought a bottle of water, and then um, they had these like cement. Um, it's kind of like those big cement drains, but they were, like, flipped up. And they each had, like, four or five hoses coming out of them with water spewing out of them. So that's where we would go and fill up our water. Did you find difficulty um, doing that? Because we've always heard that, like, the lines for the free water was, like, crazy. And, like, and so people would just, like, break the spigot so it would go everywhere and then you'd create more mud. Or was it a pretty mellow experience for you, you know, like, finding more water? Um, I don't remember it being a problem. I, like, there was a bunch of them around. I don't know if they were turned off at some point when stuff got crazy. I don't really remember that. But, and I know the, the only thing I think we ate was pizza. We went in that, because that was, like, the cheapest thing. And we would get a pizza or two pizzas for, like, ten bucks, and we would just share it. Yeah, it's funny, two pizzas for 10 bucks because, you know, like by the end of the festival, like by Sunday night, uh, I feel like two bottles of water would have cost more than uh, two pizzas is, is, is what the yeah. uh, inflation was. Were you seeing well, prices go up as, as the, like the longer you were there? Um, not that I noticed, but it was when we got there, it was one pizza for 10 bucks and it wasn't a huge pizza. So that's pretty much all we ate. Right. Well, and you know, you guys were young, so you know, the 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 young folks can can last longer on less, you know, and can deal with yeah, well, these the kind of things. Yeah. 
Yeah, and like we didn't even attempt the beer tent because in the states you guys have to be twenty one to to drink or whatever. So yeah. like, I it's just funny to imagine going to a festival for a, a weekend like that, not having a single drop of alcohol. But it was just was just not. I mean, did you guys do anything else besides alcohol? <laughs> yeah, I know we scored some weed from somebody, and I'm not sure who or. Where or whatever, yeah. but yeah, yeah, we, we, I'm, I'm gonna probably say it was the guys that we were next to probably hooked us up, um, but that's pretty much all we did. We just smoked some pot and that was it. Right. Well, I mean, maybe in the end that that helped you out because uh, I kept, you know, if if you were the people that were drinking alcohol the whole weekend seemed to be hit with the, uh, with the old sun treatment a little bit harder than those who didn't. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it definitely was a blessing in disguise, for sure. So now, um, yeah, yeah go, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, and, like, because we were there on the bus. Um, we were there on the bus uh, tour, so we were, like, at the mercy of the bus schedule. So when shit started to hit the fan, uh, like, our bus wasn't leaving until Monday morning. So we were there for the long haul. So we saw the whole, every, all, all the chaos. <laughs> The whole deal. Yeah. And we will get to that in just one second. But I always have to ask everyone that's on the show. So Limp Bizkit, the most notorious performance of the entire festival. It's kind of the lasting legacy musically of Woodstock 99. Um, yeah. How close were, like, did you guys all go and see them like all together? Was it was that like a big one that you guys were all into? Yes, we definitely we all went and saw them. I think that um I think we might have split off because I know that Megan was up on one of the boards at one point, or maybe we were all together, but we were up pretty close. Like there was like, we were between the sound tower and the stage. Cause I remember passing boards over my head. Was that like something that, I mean, I, again, you know, I, I realized that it was your first like kind of giant festival, but like, that's pretty extreme stuff to see people, you know, t- tearing <laughs> shit apart like that. But was that still just like par for the course? Like, whoa, like we're having a crazy fun time. Or was that like, whoa, things are getting a little kind of crazy now? Um, I, like, I think afterwards we're like, well, that was kind of crazy. But at the time, like, it was just, that's what was happening. And, um, cause that's what, like, he was kind of encouraging it. And then he was even on one of the boards at one point. Right. And stuff. So it was just like that this is what's happening. You just kinda gotta go with it. Yeah. And, and then kinda yeah. think and then think think about the safety later, maybe when in when you're thinking about it after. Right, yeah. Hindsight uh is twenty twenty. So you know, wh- yeah. what do you think about, like, when you hear, like, reports, or I don't know if you watched the, the latest documentary that came out, but, you know, where, like, Fred Durst and Limp Bizkit were responsible for all the shit that went down and, and that, that it really started going downhill. I mean, do you feel like that that's kind of taken out of context a little bit as someone that was actually there watching the band? Yeah, I mean, he, like, got everybody really rowdy, but, like, the, it, I... To me, the thing that caused the problems that started, like, the whole shit show was they they handed candles out to everybody on Sunday night um, before the Chili Peppers played because there was a Jimi Hendrix tribute. And so they handed out, like, thousands and thousands and thousands of candles. And that's when the fires started. 
Yes, and and you actually had some pictures of that that uh you know with ho- hopefully with your permission we'll be able to share to uh, so some folks can see, uh-huh. but um. You know, and, and of course, you know, it, it's funny because like with Sunday, everyone always jumps like to the end. But uh, do, what acts do you remember seeing before that, like Sunday in the day? And also when you wake up Sunday, like what did the whole venue look like? What, what did what, was it starting to break down? Did you notice that there was like kind of a, a difference uh, in, in the people's energy and stuff on, on Sunday waking up? Um, yeah, like, Sunday, I don't know, everybody was kind of tired and hungry. The place was really messy. Um, the, like I said, the, I don't think the bathrooms were emptied at all between Saturday and Sunday, or it may, maybe Saturday morning, so it was getting pretty gross, and, and, uh, yeah, I think, like, it was, it was, it seemed like it was coming to an end, and everybody would kind of be happy to Go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ready for it. Resources were getting slim, and and like you're just you're so tired. Like I remember sleeping, trying to sleep one night, and all you could hear is bong water. <laughs> like like roaring through the through the campsite. Yeah, pretty much. Like that's all you could hear: bong water, and yeah, drunk people trying to find their friends and. Oh my gosh, it, that that's hilarious. Um, now on Sunday you had like like my favorite person that played on Sunday was Jewel. Uh, you also had like Elvis Costello and then Seven Dust and Godsmack. Do you what bands do you remember seeing Sunday uh, before before the Chili Peppers played? Uh, I don't remember seeing any of those bands. I'm not really into any of those bands, and I never was. So I think we might have just like took that day to wander around the rest of the the site and like check out the vendors and that kind of stuff. Do you remember and what then kind we made of stuff our way up to the stage. Um they, well there was like shirts. There was like typical like it's almost like kind of the same stuff that you'd see at like a county fair or whatever, you know, like um like like shirts and stuff like that. I do remember there was a Canadian vendor there. It's a, like this company, I don't think I don't know if they exist anymore, but it was called Mod Robes. And it was basically like they sold pants, but they were basically like hospital scrubs. <laughs> but they were just marketed as like super comfy pants. And their slogan was, I want you in my pants. Oh my God. So, and they were it's giving very out, 90s. Yeah. Uh, that, 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 yeah. That so they were giving out stickers. Too. I have stickers still on a bookcase at my parents' house that, they, <laughs> that I got at Woodstock from them. So. Yeah, we chatted with them for a while because they were Canadian and right. Well, did you yeah, guys? Yeah, we just kind of walked around and chatted, like talked to people. And did you guys see? Um, th- this is going back to Saturday, but uh, did you see Tragically Hip? Yeah, yeah, okay. we would have seen them. Yeah, I was about yeah. to say. Yeah, I feel like that's like um, that's like mandatory if you if you made the trek across the border, <laughs> you had to go to see the hip. Yeah. So, now it's getting towards the evening. Chili Peppers are playing. The candles are being dispersed. At what point do you remember things getting a little hairy? Um, I remember watching the Chili Peppers and looking back. Like we were up pretty close to the stage. We always we always went up as close as possible, basically. And I remember going looking back um, into the crowd and every, I'd look back every few minutes and every couple minutes there was another fire lit back there. And we were like, Oh crap. Like, 
just getting real. Then they came out on the stage and like to ask people to. They stopped the concert, came out on stage, and asked people to um, like stop lighting fires. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Could you guys please uh, yeah. stop setting fucking shit on fire, please? Uh, now, yeah. okay. It's, you know, I, I keep asking, uh, and you know, every time you mention being in like the eye of a storm per se, like for instance, like being up close for DMX or Corn or Limp Biscuit, and it seems fine. By this time, were you guys starting to get a little nervous? Um. Or was it yeah, still like well, we were just more <laughs> we were just more nervous that our stuff was going to get burnt. Right. Um. So and it almost did basically. Like we got back, I think I think there was another rave that night, and so me and one of my friends went back to the campsite, and there was fires burning so close to our campsite that we we started packing up our stuff and like we we packed up their stuff too because we thought we were gonna like have to haul ass and get out of there, um, and then. We basically waited. They didn't get back, I don't think, until it was light out. And we I think we were pretty pissed at that, right. if I remember correctly. Kind of, kind of scary. Um, what was the, the campsite like while while the inside of the festival was, was burning down? Uh, it was just It was just really messy. There was, like, garbage everywhere. There had been, like, food fights and stuff like that during the the course of the weekend and like there was a toilet paper fight at one point so there was just like stuff everywhere um a lot of people had packed up and went like by the time we left it a lot of people had packed up and left and i think went out well some buses i think left sunday night maybe um but ours was leaving monday morning so i think a lot of people that were on our bus had packed up and went out like to wait outside the gate right like refugees yeah <laughs> so yeah. so you guys get on the bus the next day and you get home and now all the reports are starting to flood in about you know all the crazy shit that happened and it's all over MTV and uh, much music and and you know every every major news source I mean were you kind of su- like shocked or surprised at all to see just exactly how bad it got during that Sunday night shit um, well, Sunday, Sunday night was a crazy night. Like we, we were out pretty much all night, I think, except, well, we were out pretty late. Like there was one point, um, that we knew shit was bad and our parents would be worried. So we actually found a guy with a satellite phone and <laughs> called, um, my friend Megan's parents just to tell them we were okay. And she called the other parents to let them know. Um, because there was, there had been a portable phone um, truck, like a, it was basically like a phone booth, but a truck with a bunch of phones on it. Uh-huh. But it somebody had burnt it down. Um, oh my god! It was yeah, it was near a campsite. I sent you a picture of that, and it was just like burnt and. Like Jeez. completely demolished. That's like horror movie stuff. Like you know, you guys go to like the one place where you know that they have phones, and like now there's no phones. You know, it's just like things are starting to break down uh, around you. Um, and like as far as the looting goes, were you guys seeing any of that stuff? Like any of the people like tearing apart the the vendor stands? Uh, no, we didn't see loot. Lo- well, I don't know if this counts as looting. We found. Um, 
we came across this big group of people, and so there were a whole bunch of, like, big uh, tractor trailers, and they were loaded with, I guess, I don't know, supplies or whatever, and so that stuff was being looted. I know there was, like, water being looted out of them, and but one of them was filled with glow sticks, and... So it got busted open, and then there were, like, thousands and thousands of glow sticks. So there were two groups of people, like, one on each side. We were separated, and on the count of three, everybody would throw the glow sticks to the other side, and then they'd collect them all and then throw them all back. Like, it was just this big glow stick war. You you know that there's footage of that, and... uh... Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. But I did not know yeah. that that was uh, during Sunday night. That's really crazy that, at like, on one hand, you have people breaking into shit, stealing stuff, tearing, you know, breaking down ATMs. But then you also have, like, a big group of jovial people just, like, throwing glow sticks around for fun. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. kind of like yeah. the, the two sides. Uh, you know, you could go I- either way. So, you know. I think it was Sunday night. I'm pretty sure it was Sunday night because that's when people yeah, were that, knocking that shit sense. over and yeah. Yeah, because I mean, how else would uh, you know when when would someone else get a chance to you know bust open tons of boxes of of glow sticks if if it wasn't when the whole place was burning down? Um, now, yeah, so that was cool. That was that's one of my favorite memories of the whole thing. That was that was awesome. Now, before we get to the to the kind of like uh, aftermath, are there any other like you know highlights that you can think of uh, just offhand that happened? And I'm sure I'll I'll get some of this from from some of the other gals too. Um, but j- just offhand, any other moments? Any w- classic Woodstock '99 moments you had? Um, just, well, the glow stick war was definitely one of them. Um, like that was just it was so fun and like such a. Like, that'll never happen again, you know? Like, I'll never experience that again. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, I don't know, just walking around and seeing, like, everything, like, smoldering in the morning, and it was super foggy, and it was just kind of like a, I don't know, it was really surreal. Yeah, I was about to say, like, what was kind of your your takeaway from that? I mean, you know, you guys had fun all weekend, and you're kind of rolling with the punches, and it's your first time at this thing. Did it seem like, like, even having never been to something like this, was there kind of like a an air of like, oh yeah, this isn't usually how shit happens? Um, yeah, I guess it was kind of a big deal because like shit went south, and people started being assholes and vandalizing and stuff but like as far as our personal experience like none of our stuff got stolen um none of our stuff got destroyed you know like we didn't get assaulted or anything like that so it was just kind of like i don't know it was just kind of this crazy thing that we experienced and luckily didn't we didn't have any negative right yeah um, anything negative happened to us yeah definitely i mean you know because you know, yeah. a lot of people, you know, that that wasn't their, that wasn't their their experience. So yeah, you guys, you guys, you know, got, got mm. off easy and thank God for it. But um, now when yeah, so like hearing hearing yeah. it, sorry, but hearing about it after and reading about it after and like these people having all this horrible stuff, we were just kind of surprised because like that's not what we experienced at all. Now, when when you say surprise, was it like? I mean, were you guys able to kind of imagine, like, oh, well, I could see this stuff happening, or was it like, oh, wow, like, I had no idea that things of this magnitude were happening? Or did it seem to kind of make sense that that stuff would have happened? Um, 
like being like being a adult now, like obviously that stuff it makes sense that that stuff would have happened. But being the age that we were, and I think the fact that our parents let us go, we kind of assumed it was like a safe, gonna be a safe kind of thing, you know? Yeah. And that's yeah. pretty much what we experienced. So then hearing about like, like. Like reading in the paper afterwards, or like because my parents kept the papers. I think I still have them. Kept the papers that were reporting on it over the weekend about and about the stuff that was going on while we were there. We were just kind of like, oh god, like that sucks. Like that's horrible. It's totally a different experience than what we had. Right. Yeah. And I mean, were, were your parents kind of following along with all this stuff like the whole time you were there? Or did you guys all start seeing the news like on Monday or, or were they kind of keeping track of, of what was happening on TV and stuff? No, they were following along. So they were pretty worried. Yeah, I um, <laughs> like, yeah. And like just how many people were there? I think it was like 450,000 people or something like that. Yeah, it's estimated. Um, yeah, that high. Yeah, we're there and like just yeah, they were following along and then so that's why and we knew that that would happen. So that's why I I don't know what happened. We saw the guy, um, we saw the guy using his sat phone or whatever, and so we convinced him to let us use it to call to call one of them at least. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I'm I'm sure that that was a relief because you know I can only imagine being a parent and like being like, oh yeah, I sent you know not only is it this giant festival, but it's like in another country, and even though it's only a few hours away, it's still you know just all these logistical things of you guys being pretty far from home. Um, now looking back yeah. uh, on the whole thing, you know, obviously there's all sorts of societal implications with you know all the bad stuff that went down. But do you think Woodstock '99 deserves a place in music history, um, or do you think it was just kind of like a silly thing that that's kind of gotten a bad rap? Uh, no, I think it definitely deserves a place in music history. I mean, I think it has one, whether people want it to or not, because sure. it was just like i mean how long ago was that and we're still talking about it you know what i mean yeah absolutely like i don't know it was it was crazy and it was i we had fun and i think a lot of people probably had fun as too bad that you know there's always going to be jerks that ruin it for everybody else but um i think as a whole it was not i don't know i i i think it's like a significant thing to to, you know, keep in the history books or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. And now you said that you've been to big, big concerts after this. Like, do you feel like you learned any uh, survival tips uh, from Woodstock 99 that have helped you at other uh, big concerts later in life? Um. Yeah, probably. Like, definitely you want to rest. When there's bands on that you don't like, you just, just rest. <laughs> yeah. Take a seat, but don't but don't wander away because you lose your spot and I don't know stuff like that. Like it's not you can't really compare anything else to it just because it was such like a huge like a big scale of thing. Like the the next biggest thing that I've been to I think was probably Starstock, which was I don't know if you guys in the states knew about it, but it was oh. in Toronto when Stars was a big thing. And um, so it was like Justin Timberlake and the Rolling Stones organized it. And it was to help bring um, tourism money back into Toronto. Okay. And it was pretty big. And uh, so ACDC and the Rolling Stones headlined it. And it was it was awesome and it was huge, but it wasn't 
you know, like I think it might have been like 150,000 people or something like that. <laughs> yeah, you like, get two of the biggest bands of all time together, and it's still not as big as uh, as Woodstock '99. Goddamn. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Awesome, Karen. Well, I can't wait to get uh, the other sides of the story from from your friends. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for reaching out. I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that this worked out, and this is gonna shape up to be quite the episode. And I'm glad that you had a good time at Woodstock '99. It always it's always nice to have someone challenge the traditional narrative of the festival because it does get such a bad reputation. But uh, thank you for, for thank yeah. you for talking to me, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll get your friends on here, and we'll we'll get you a nice little package deal episode going. Awesome. Can't wait to hear it. Thanks so much for having me. Alrighty. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. So that was Karen. That was part one of this Survivor Stories. Uh, we're gonna we're not breaking this up into multiple episodes, though. I want to keep all the gals together because there's safety in numbers, folks. So without further ado, this is part two of the uh, ladies weekend out the the girl gang goes to Woodstock 99 this is me and Sarah I'm here with Sarah this is kind of the second parter within uh, one episode of the girl gang goes to Woodstock 99 you went with uh, our last you know the the first half of this episode Karen so I'm going to start it just the same way as if I didn't talk to someone that you were there with uh, so just I'm going okay. to get the story from you you know as pure as possible um, so the year is 1999 how old are you what are you into when do you hear about the festival and when do you realize that you're going to go um, I think I was, I was 17. <laughs> um, and I don't, I want to say, cause the internet wouldn't have really been around. So God, I don't even know how we would have found out about it. The radio, maybe the radio would be probably, I guess, isn't that crazy? I can't even think of how we would have heard about it or the newspaper or magazine. Well, I mean, it was everywhere, you know, I mean, this was the biggest festival of, of the year, possibly of even the decade. So it would have been everywhere and you're in Canada. So, I mean, you know, much music covered this and you also had, you know, like the Canadian rock gods tragically hip performing. So, you know, I mean, it was definitely being advertised around like what kind of music were you into at that time? Like what bands can, do you remember being excited to, to see there? Um, definitely like, like the up and comers, like, well, Limp Bizkit, Korn, um, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Dave Matthews Band, um, oh God, even Atlanta. So I was like, oh, that should be cool to see. I went to see Our Lady Peace there as well. Oh, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. no, no one really even like, I, I remember thinking like, wow, there's like no one at this one. They were at a side stage. Um, and they're Canadian as well. Yeah, right? those are part of me. Our Lady yeah, Peace is are. a Canadian band too. Yeah, that, that's what I they thought. They are. Yeah. So I saw the hip there too. I'm pretty sure. Of, I mean, yeah, I feel like uh, that was like uh, you know everyone that we've talked to that's that's from Canada. That was like you know like you had to go get the merit badge of seeing the hip at at Woodstock '99. Uh, you know. Yeah, <laughs> so, I saw them so many times before, but yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw them there. I don't even know because I've seen them so many times. I think I did. So were, were you, I mean, it sounds like you were a pretty avid concert goer going into this. Yeah. Had you been to anything like on this scale, like a giant multi-day festival no. like this? 
No, that was my one and only. <laughs> my one and only overnight. I don't do camping. That's like literally the only time I was there. I went camping because <laughs> right. that's the only time I ever used my tent. Right. Well, and what a, what a time to use it. So w- w- <laughs> when it comes time, when you realize that you're going to go, like, w- like which, what friends of yours, like, like what was the plan that, that you guys made? Like, like, how did you get the posse together? What did your parents <sighs> think? What, what was the logistics of getting there? I feel like I was probably the leader of the pack, I would say, um, convincing the other girls to go. Me and probably Megan, if you end up interviewing her as well. And then, you know, Erin, who, if you interview her, she was the fourth. She, like her, she was always like a little bit younger because her birthday was in September. So she was only 16. Her dad needed the most convincing. My dad went to Woodstock 69. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so he was like, well, whatever, you'll be fine. Like, he didn't, I don't think he really cared that much. I think he was excited. And I remember they paid for, or not paid for, but they had pay-per-view. So they watched it live, I'm pretty sure, when I was there. I wonder how that um, was. I mean, we'll, we'll get to we'll get to the aftermath. And yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. And what they thought of, <laughs> but that's really funny thinking that like you know your parents send their you know teenage daughter like you know over the border to this giant concert and then they're like watching all this shit unfold as, as it's happening. Yeah, yeah. So my dad, like I said, my dad was at Woodstock '69, so I don't think it was like too much of a. I had to pay for everything. I think our tickets were like. 350 Canadian but like that's nothing if you think about all the bands there and we figured like I don't know if that I think that might have been included a transportation like I think I mean, we were going to probably get to that but like we took the bus there so um I'm pretty sure a ticket included that in the bus so like I was like look it's like a bus it gets us there it gets us back um and it's our ticket so it was all like all inclusive and I was working I mean I was 17 so I definitely had a part-time job, probably at like McDonald's or something. <laughs> so right. I was, but I mean, living at home, like, you know, a couple paychecks could pay for it kind of thing. Yeah, 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 t- totally. So now it, it's it's the weekend of, and you guys are, are traveling there. Do you have any memories of like, you know, like you finally get on the bus and now there's a bunch of other people that are going? Like, like what, what was the vibe like, like trekking actually to the festival grounds? I want to say it was like a 13-hour bus ride. It was a long bus ride. Uh, I remember sitting in the back. I remember, like, sitting near the toilet area. I remember it smelling bad. (laughs) Um, I remember it was, like, actually there was a friend of ours um, that just randomly were on the bus. There was not, like, because, I mean, I think there was only one bus that went from Ottawa. Like, I don't think there was a lot of... um, I like people from my city that went. Like, I think this was the one and only bus that went. Uh, so it wasn't too crazy. I mean, it was just kind of like, it, I have vague memories of it, but it's, I just remember being tired on the bus, <laughs> like being like, okay, I'm ready to get there. Right. Yeah. The, the mounting anticipation combated by the long ass bus ride. I can only imagine. Yeah. I remember sitting near the back. That's all I remember. And that could have been on the way home too. <laughs> I don't remember if it was there or home or, Right. Well, the way he, home, I'm sure. I, I think 
the way home I slept most of the time. <laughs> that would make sense. And, you know, here on Podcast 99, we forgive uh, lapses in time and, and the uh, the fuzziness of, of memory that, you know, goes along with, A, having attended Woodstock 99, but also, you know, the, the time has passed. But so do you did you guys get there, like, uh, the Thursday before everything started, like the pre-show, or did you guys arrive on the Friday that everything started proper? Uh, hmm... I don't know. Was there concerts? Like, was people playing on a Thursday? Yeah, like um, Vertical Horizon played and Third Base and String Cheese Incident. And um, I, I think also George Clinton did a, a little pre-show thing that day. He also played on no, Friday. No, I think – I don't think so. I don't think we saw any of those people. <laughs> I think we got there maybe Friday morning. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. It was a four-day thing. Yeah, I Was mean, the, Thursday the, to Sunday. Yeah, but the pre-show, you know, not a lot of people even knew that that was going on. You know, so he, most people got there. Then what? probably not. Yeah, I would say we didn't because when we got there, there's a lot of traffic. Right. So I would say no. So, what are some of like your first memories of actually like arriving, like approaching the grounds, getting there, getting your stuff put out? Like, what what, what are your first impressions of Woodstock '99? Um, it was big. Like we just walked through the gate. I think we just like walked around and like tried to find a place to put up our tent. And then we're like, Hey, we have to remember like the flag. People were telling you like, to remember the flag? I think there must've been a lot of volunteers working, um, to help because it was just so many people, like 250,000, I think were there. So yeah. So we kind of just like went and found a spot for our tents and set up. And I think we just relaxed and then, we went and I remember we went and like, just like, I think we went to find food and then I'm pretty sure we probably went to see like our first band, whoever was playing on that first Friday. Right. Now, were you like, I, I mean, I, again, I, I know, I know it's kind of tough, but like being someone that hadn't been to a giant festival like this, especially when you're going to be staying at, was it intimidating at all when you see just like the sheer mass of people and, and how big the thing yeah. actually was? Yeah, because there was, like, one point, I don't know if it was the first or second day, where, like, two of us were together and then the other two were together. I don't remember who I was with, but um, we were separated, like, almost the whole day, and you couldn't find each other, right, because no one had cell phones. So, like, you were kind of just wandering around. And it was, like, a normal concert, like, where we would wander around and find each other. Like, easily it was, like, um, it was, like, just they were gone for the day. We didn't see them again until we went back to the tent. Um, so you just like, we literally were just all walking together and then all of a sudden we weren't together and then everyone was gone. Like we were like, like we were, thank God we were each with someone, but like, it was so easy just to like walk. And then even if you were walking as a group of four, just, it was like people lost. It was so weird. And then we just couldn't find each other for the whole rest of the day. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least and you even, had the one buddy. Exactly. Yeah. So, and the first night it took us two and a half hours to find our tent. Like we had no idea where they were. I don't know if Karen shared that, but um, yeah. So like we were walking around for two and a half hours that night, that, that first, it was the second day we got lost. It was the first night. I, I don't, I remember like losing the tent. Like we were like, where is it? Like trying to, like we thought if we memorized the flags that were there, like we'd find it easily and no. <laughs> so we finally found the tent. Um, and then the next day we got split up. I'm almost positive. Cause I remember like whoever I was with, like whoever played on the Saturday, 
and that's who we were split up that whole day. And then we, we found our tent a lot easier that day. Cause we go back and forth, like to the tent, um, during the day as well, but it was a lot of walking. Like it's a, it was a really big area. So if you wanted to go from like one concert to the other concert, and if they were like too close together, like you really couldn't um, make it because the stages were really, really far apart, like probably like a 40, 45 minute walk, I would think. Right. And and it's hot, right? Oh my God. Yeah. It was so hot and gross and water was supposed to be free, but like then people were saying that it was like, there was like lead in the water and God only knows bottles of water were so expensive and I think like we had, well, I had brought enough money. Like, I, I mean, I never felt like I couldn't financially afford it, but I could see like some people being stupid. And then the ATMs. actually, I think we did have to go to the ATMs at one point and then they were running out of money. So we're like, Oh my God, like they don't even have money in the ATMs. Um, like, cause I don't think anyone was really anticipating the sheer cost of everything. Um, was that, was that a shock gonna... to you? I mean, I mean, obviously, again, yeah. Experience. Like, I mean, we're talking like ninety nine, and it was like four dollars a bottle of water. Like, that's expensive for ninety nine. Right. And did you guys like, bring yeah. any supplies, like, to try and hold yourselves over? Well, no. We had snacks. Like, we didn't couldn't bring. We didn't bring water because we were told that water would be free. It was just like really gross water. <laughs> it tasted weird. We we drank it anyways when we all lived, so whatever. But yeah, it was definitely sketchy. Right. And like the outhouses, the outhouses, like you kind of just like find outhouses that were like, or porta potties, I should say, that were like cleaner, but like they really just stopped cleaning them by the second day. Like it was just, I, if I wasn't 17, I don't know if I would have been able to do that. <laughs> yeah, there's a resilience that comes with uh, with youth, you know, that just allows you to push through. So on that first yeah. day, um, like, you know, Jamiroquai played and Live and Sheryl Crow, DMX, The Offspring. Um, do, do you remember seeing, like, a- anyone in particular that, that stands out on that first day? Uh, so the first obviously, day, like, Korn okay. And, and, and Korn and Bush were later. Um, and James Brown, you also had... Um, like Buck Cherry and Lit and Insane Clown Posse and stuff. Uh, any of those? Oh hit? my God. I didn't even realize that all those people were there. No, the first day I definitely remember DMS because I got trampled um, right when the show was done. Like, I don't know what it was. If there was like somebody playing right after him that people were like trying to go see. But I remember like these two, like, big ladies like just were pushing like I was on the ground being like stepped on I thought I was literally gonna die at that point and they were pushing people like off of me um I remember like I think I probably hugged them once they got me up off the ground and then we kind of just got over there and that was fine but I do remember DMX that day I don't remember like we may have seen some of the others like I think after that DMX on that first day I was really I was like I'm not going anywhere near the crowd I was like really like nervous um, so I didn't go, we spent a lot of time like back further. That's for sure. Like I was not anywhere in that crowd for, um, the rest of the, like, um, the rest of the concerts, like throughout the days. Right. So that I mean, first that's day, terrifying. I remember DMX. Yeah, it was awful. Um, so I do remember DMX. I don't know if we, saw, I'm sure we saw someone else that day. <laughs> Now, also that first day, like, we had been up for 36 hours by the time we went to sleep. So, like, right, you know, pulling an all-nighter, like, we were so tired. So, I have a feeling, uh, 
Who did, did Metallica play the first day? No, that would be the second day. Okay. Yeah, and, 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 and we'll get to night? that in a, in a second. The first night uh, on the main stage would have been Corn uh, and Bush. On the first night? Yeah, yeah. Corn was the first. Okay, was, was so we must day. have stayed. Uh, yeah, so I remember seeing Corn for sure. And I think we saw Bush too. So, And then after Bush, I think I was like, I need to go sleep. What, right. what was the, or actually, no, hang on. What was the, like, DJ that night? Was that Fatboy Slim? Uh, Moby was the first night, and then Fatboy Slim was the second night. And, yeah, did you, because Karen said that she hadn't, she didn't remember going to the rave at, at all, but mentioned that, that you No, we have. did. I did, yeah. I do remember going to the first night. So that's probably why I was up for so long, because I don't think, we got off the bus. We didn't sleep when we got there. or We set up our tent. Went to concert, so it must have been the Friday morning. We probably left Thursday night to get there. Yeah, so we had been up. I just remember being up for a really long time. Yes, we went to the first night. Moby, if that place was the second night, and there was was there even one the third night? No, uh, there was. It was when supposed to be uh, Perry Farrell, but then everything happened, so they kind of shut it down. Oh. But what was okay, the rave yeah. like? So we like what, what for a seventeen-year-old gal who's never been to something like this? Like, what were the sights, sounds, and smells like, of the rave? It was kind of just like, it just was like in a, I don't even know if it was in a warehouse. It was just like in like a big open area. People were just kind of like walking around. It wasn't really, I feel like we didn't stay that long, if I'm honest. And maybe for like an hour or two, not even, and then went back and like just crashed because we were so tired. It wasn't anything exciting. I feel like I went with my friend Meg and I feel like maybe Kara and Aaron didn't go, but yeah, and then I just remember going back because I I think I wanted to sleep because I think Saturday was when like most of the good people were playing. Right. So let let's get to that. So it's Saturday morning. You know, you you wake up. Was there a because you know obviously the thing with Woodstock '99 is how messy it got and the kind of breakdown of yeah. the, of the infrastructure. Like, was there a difference between walking in Friday and walking in Saturday that you could tell, like on the grounds itself? Um, I feel like people were just like a lot more like they were okay. Like I didn't feel that it was that different. Um, I feel like that's when people like started being like, "Ooh, let's be like like sixty nine. Let's take off our clothes." Like we were definitely not doing that. But that was like you saw more people doing that the second day for sure. Like, oh, let's just walk around naked, and we we're all like, "What the hell?" Because we weren't really doing hard. <laughs> Like, we weren't really doing hard drugs like all the people that were there, right? So, like, there was some, like, it just got a little more interesting. And people were, like, I feel like rolling in mud and just random things. Um, I feel like that was more the second day. So people were more open and whatever. My first day was a little bit more calm. The second day was maybe a little bit, like, more edgy, but not, like, too crazy. What Was it messier, though? Like, like, was there more garbage than you remember? Like, where the bathroom was? 100%, first? yes. The outhouses started getting really disgusting, like, to the point of, like, oh, my God, I don't want to go to the bathroom. Um, yeah, the outhouses were really gross uh, by the second day because like, they, they were supposed to clean them and stuff, and they didn't at all. No way they did. I feel like the organizers just totally, like, just, I don't know. I feel like anybody who was supposed to be doing anything to help there was really just bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> was not doing anything. Just drop the ball. Essentially. Well, what did, what yeah. would you do, like, faced with having to use the bathroom? I mean, you mentioned that if you walked around enough, you might we be just able run to run in and them. out. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Try not to yeah, touch and anything? Yeah, I think at one point, like, they ran out of toilet paper. Like, it was bad. Especially that last day. Oh, my God. 
So now on, on Saturday, like the, the big, uh, you know, and obviously we're, we're kind of glossing over a lot of stuff, but what everyone always wants to hear yeah. is the big three bands from Saturday, Limp Bizkit, Rage Against the Machine and Metallica, all back to back on the, on the stage. You had mentioned that Limp Bizkit was a band you wanted to see. Uh, did you guys yeah. uh, get, get in there to, to see that? I know DMX kind of soured your yeah. crowd experience, but like, were you close? No. Yeah. We were not like, I, I will thought I was so glad that we did it after seeing, um, when they were ripping down the boards and stuff and people were like standing on there when the song break stuff came on, obviously people started breaking stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so we were like behind like the main, you know, where you have the main sound system in the middle of the crowd, like that big, like metal sort of structure. We were like to the back left, like it was, there was a little bit of a hill, which is good cause I'm short. So I could like see everything. Um, and so, yeah, no, we were like out of the crowds those days for sure. Um, so we saw Limp Biscuit and we definitely, saw, oh yeah, I forgot we saw Rage. They were so good. So Rage Against the Machine, I'll be real, we did, and then we went back. I remember Saturday night, I, I want to say we did not, we didn't stay for Metallica. I'm not a Metallica fan and none of us really were. So we walked back um, to our tents. I remember hearing Metallica at, at our tents. You could hear them playing. And then I want to say we probably went to see Fat Boy Slim that night. Yeah. I think we went to the rave both nights. I thought there was only one night, but it was two, and then they canceled the third, right? Um... Did you, uh, I mean, yeah, no. during this whole time and, you know, obviously the statute of limitations is, is up on 1999, uh, but you know, you don't have to, you know, say anything you don't want to, but I mean, were you guys partaking in any of the, the Woodstock kind of spirit, so to speak? <laughs> Recreational drugs? Actually, I think we had bought some and it was like fake. I don't remember so much. <laughs> we were like, 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 someone ripped us off. Yeah. Like, we didn't end up doing anything really. Like, we were like, what? You went to Woodstock and like didn't do any drugs? And we're like, wow. Like, we tried. Like, 17. <laughs> yeah, we tried. They took our money and that was basically like, which I guess maybe was a good thing. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's the story of Woodstock. Like, you know, they take your money and uh, that that's all you get. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I'm actually like thankful that. <laughs> someone told us fake ecstasy or whatever we were buying. So yeah, no, we didn't, uh, um, do that at all. So, uh, but yeah, no, that was, I think, and I want to say that was probably the second night that we did that because I'd had a bit of sleep and we're like, oh, let's just do it. Um, but yeah. Now, uh, when, yeah. You're, when you're watching Limp Bizkit and, and the crowd's getting, you know, so not, not necessarily heated, but so amped up and, and crazy and you're watching it from up on this hill. I mean, was there any concern like, like, were, were you guys like, whoa, this is getting like a little crazier no. than we thought? Or was it just like, oh, this is just well, a crazy we were probably concert. like, whoa, this is, yeah, we we're probably like, whoa, our parents are probably watching this and being like, what the heck's going on there? It was pretty like intense. They were ripping down boards, right? And then people were standing on those boards. And like, it was like not just crowd surfing anymore. Like, they were crowd surfing on a board. Like, it was crazy. It was all mostly guys in the, the like, that area. Girls that were down there were just, I, after my DMX experience, like, I was like, hell no. <laughs> um, now, being, f- but like they a- were all, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. No, I didn't feel like, I, I just felt like people were like really excited. Like I wasn't worried or anything at that point. Right. And as, as a group of young girls, you know, like all high school, I mean, obviously with Woodstock 99, the, the big thing that always comes up is the sexual assaults and the way that, you know, women were objectified there. I mean, were you guys experiencing any of that? Like for firsthand no. and as you walk through any, like any kind of inappropriate stuff or was that kind of stuff happening? I don't unbeknownst think so. to you? 
No, I don't think so. I don't remember any of that kind of stuff happening. Um, you know, like I said, we were not like the ones like ripping off our clothes either though. Right. Like I felt like there were, I don't know. I feel like girls that were like topless and stuff, guys are like probably grabbing their boobs because they were like on people's shoulders, like with no clothes on. So yeah, I definitely, like, I remember seeing that after when I would watch like the replay of stuff because they were mostly down in like the mosh pit area. So, but we were like, we were not anywhere near there really. So no, I didn't really, I didn't find that at all, to be honest. Well, I mean, um, but I yeah, definitely I, I, I'm sure that, you know, it, it was probably more prevalent in the thick of things where people can get away with stuff rather than on the outskirts where you could actually enjoy them. A hundred percent. Yeah. They weren't like, I didn't feel unsafe there at all. Like in that aspect of things, cause we all stuck together. We were never alone. Um, and like, you know, we met people, but whenever we met new people, it was like, kind of like when we were, like I said, we weren't down in the mosh pit, like we were on the outskirts. So like people sitting beside you, you start chatting where you're from. Like we met a lot of really like random people and yeah, but it wasn't, uh, I know, like I never felt that aspect. Right. So now on, on Sunday, I'm assuming that when you guys wake up and you enter into the place, the place is completely trashed at this point. Yeah, it's pretty getting pretty dirty, garbage everywhere, toilet areas were beyond disgusting, water was becoming a little bit more scarce. I feel like the free water was like just not a thing anymore and like water bottles were like sold out and like it was getting bad that morning. I was trying to think like who played that day. Uh, that day was like uh, on the main stage. It would be like Brian Setzer. Um, you know, you you had uh, well. Let, let's see. I got it pulled up here for for reference now, so I don't uh, so, so I don't yeah. blow this anymore. But but um, so let's see here. Yeah, you had Willie Nelson. You had uh, Elvis Costello, Jewel Creed uh, on the other stage. Our Lady Peace, which, which you you had mentioned that that you had seen. Oh, okay, yeah, we went to that. We saw Creed. Yeah, and then Red Hot Chili Peppers, of course, was the was the headliner uh, of that night. Okay, so there wasn't too many on the Sunday that I would have seen. <clears throat> we saw Creed, and we saw Our Lady Peace, and we saw the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Now, as the as that day is, is going on, I mean, what, what's the what's the crowd feeling like? Because obviously, we all know what happens Sunday night. But I what's, think people what's were Sunday getting like, like Sunday day was like people were just tired, right? Like. People were looking rough who were partying hard and there was lack of water, toilets were gross, garbage was everywhere. But it wasn't like, I don't know, maybe we were just oblivious, but we're just like, we just went to like, because we went to early pizza, like I said, there was like no one there. Um, and, and then Creed, I feel like we were up on a hill somewhere watching Creed, like we were really far away from them. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. We didn't really – we probably relaxed a lot on that last day. I think that that – I think we just kind of, like, hung out. We hung out at our tents the most that day, I want to say. So we probably didn't see a lot of stuff either, right? We just kind of relaxed a little bit more because I feel like when you just listed um, the bands that played, if there was no one playing in the morning that we wouldn't want to see – we would have just stayed in the tent area for sure. Just kind of like resting. Yeah. Cause I mean, at this point, it's, you know, we're tired. Like we left Thursday night, probably only slept like six, seven hours total while we were there. <laughs> like it was intense. 
So we just kind of were just hanging, I would think, for the most of the Sunday. So maybe we didn't see too much of it. When we walk around to the washroom, get food, it just kind of was like dirty. And we're like, oh, you know what? We're good. We're ready to go home. <laughs> right. Well, what was life like in the Woodstock 99 tent city? Like just at, like the longer you're there, like what kind of things were you were you seeing or hearing? Like what what was it like in your area? Well, it wasn't anything too crazy. Like it was just like our tents faced each other, and then our um, our friend Charlie, he was on the bus with us. He stayed his tent was right beside her, so that was kind of good because we didn't even know they were going, but we met them on the bus and we knew them from Ottawa, so they stayed like we kind of felt safer because those two guys were there all the time. <laughs> um. And, yeah, it was kind of just, like, there wasn't anything too crazy in the tent area we were in. Everyone was nice, like, kind of just chatted with people. Um, but, yeah, like, we didn't really find there was too many uh, crazy things during that time. Right, the, down, like, the downtime. In the downtime, everyone was just like, if you're at your tent, you're just, like, passed out. Like, you're not doing anything anyways. Right. So now Red Hot Chili Peppers is is going on to perform. Tensions are running high because the water's running low. You know, everyone's tired. There's, and then there's also yeah. the, the gate crashers, you know, which is starting to happen. So now there's a whole bunch of okay. new people that are fresh and, and, and you know, reinvigorated with, with a whole new energy to, to come in. What's the scene like as, as, as nighttime falls on Woodstock 99 that last night? Hmm. I didn't even know that that happened. <laughs> That more people came in, like, through gate. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, the, the whole wall, uh, that, that piece wall with the big mural around, that that was, like, torn out, basically. By, like, people outside waiting to get in people, or something? People inside or, like, trying to tear it apart and people outside being opportunistic and going in through the holes that were made. Yeah. It's kind of like, oh, interesting, because it was kind of in the middle of nowhere, right? So it's kind of weird that there was, like, people even there, like, traffic and everything was crazy. Um so anyways, I didn't know that happened, but I mean, how would we know? We were on a, we, all we had to concern ourselves with is going to our tent in the bus. Um, that last night, yeah, like, I don't think we even really noticed, but like, it was just the last part, like, where, you know, I think it was Flea or like the lead singer, um, of the Chili Peppers is like, yeah, that fire is not part of the show. And we kind of like looked back and we we're like, oh. That's not part of the show. Yeah, well, and when then, did you start noticing like the fires? Was it only when someone on the stage mentioned it? They said it? something. Yeah, yeah. We didn't really notice because it was kind of like far back the first one, and we're like, oh, we're like that's weird. So then I guess there was more that were lit because they just started lighting stuff on fire, and so they stopped the show pretty much immediately when that happened. Um, and so then we just started walking back. So there was another night of trying to find the tent, right? Because it was so smoky because of all the fires. But like, yeah, the things I remember walking back to the tent, because like the Chili Pepper show, whatever, like I've seen them before. So they played their set up to the point of the fire. Then they left the stage. They canceled, um, the announcer canceled the rave that night. I think they announced it on the stage. Um, and then we started walking back to the tent. We're like, okay, we should probably go back to the tent. Cause then we were worried our tent was going to burn down because we didn't know what was burning or what was happening. Like, right. so we started walking back and like things that there was like all the ATMs were like smashed and burned. Like all the trucks were like, um, they were looted. So like you could go in and take, I'm like, wow, I could get like brand new camping equipment. <laughs> like yeah. it's all right here. <laughs> 
if I could have carried it, if I had a car there, I would have taken like a lot of stuff. But <laughs> we have a car, anything? right? So mm, I don't think so. Oh yeah, we got free ice cream. Um, <laughs> one of the <laughs> priorities. <laughs> yeah, one of the ice cream trucks is like tilted on its side, like you know, it's like you know, like big, like cooler things. So they was tilted on its side. I'm like, oh, ice cream. So we just took that. Um, <laughs> so you're a looter. And then. <laughs> yeah, I did. I looted ice cream, and I would have looted that camping equipment because it was all really nice. Um, <laughs> but it was, uh, but it was so heavy, right? Like I'm like, I'm not gonna carry like a freaking sleeping bag tent. Like, yeah, but I could have taken all of that if I had a car there. Now, um, were you guys freaked out at all at this point, or did it still kind of yeah. seem jovial, or, or was there like an element of fear? no, no, no? We were freaked. We were freaked out mostly because like it was so smoky. And we were like, shoot, like our tent's going to burn down. Like all of our stuff's going to burn. Like I thought our stuff was burning. <laughs> so we were really trying to, um, we were really trying to find a, um, like to find our tent, but it was so smoky. Like it was so hard to see. But once we started getting into more of the open areas, like where the food and like, well, where the food was and where all the like bathrooms and stuff were. It wasn't as bad there, but it was still really, really hard to find our tent. And then essentially, like, I think we were split up again for some reason. So we went back to the tent and we packed it all up. Like we were like super nervous. So we packed up our tent and then we actually, I'm pretty sure just left. Like we left the gates. Um, because we heard the concert was canceled. I remember sleeping on the pavement. Now, I don't know if this was like, I feel like this was probably overnight. Like, I think the bus was coming for us Monday morning pretty early. So we just were like, well, let's pack up our tent. I don't really know. I think, like, we thought our tent was going to burn. Everyone, like, they pretty much were telling us all to leave, I think, is what the situation was. So we're like, okay, if they're telling us to leave, our bus driver might, like, leave without us. So I think we got paranoid that we we're getting at home. Right. So we packed up our tent. We took that with us. And then we went to the parking lot where we knew we had to meet the bus and kind of just hung out there. And I remember sleeping like on my sleeping bag on the pavement. <laughs> like I was like, I need some sleep. And then I remember sleeping like most of the bus ride home. Like that last night was pretty chaotic. I can just imagine like what my parents were thinking, like seeing that on TV and in the right. newspapers and like yeah, so, having so... zero, being a mom now, I'm like, oh my God, if I had zero connection with my child, I would be losing it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, for, for, for sure. Now, when you do get home, like what, what did your parents ha have to say? Like, were they like, were you guys part of any of that? Like, they, you okay. I mean, yeah, they were kind of like, I'm sure they were more, I, I wish I'd asked them actually before I did this. Cause I'd like love to know what their actual reaction is. But yeah, I think they were okay. I remember our friend's dad, I think it was Karen's dad that picked us up, um, from, where the bus dropped us off and picked us up and drove us home. I just remember sleeping for, I don't even know, probably like a full day. Like it was so, I was so tired. I just, it was, I was very thankful to get to my own bed and then I was really excited to watch all the replay. <laughs> now let's, let's sure talk like, about that. Like, ooh. yeah, that was cool. No, that was cool. Cause there's, but was it cool? Because, I mean, like, were you seeing, like, all this crazy sensational shit on the news, like flames and rape and riots and all that stuff? Like, were you, like, what was your kind of uh, reaction to seeing how it was being covered in the media? 
Well, I mean, I'm 17, right? So I don't care about the media that much. But I'm like, you know, we cut. I remember. I think pretty sure I cut out some like articles from the paper and have them in my Woodstock album. Like I told you, it's at my parents' house. <laughs> oh, I would love to it's see like that. It's like on their. I know, I know. Actually, it'd be crazy to look through that now. Karen would have had all the same pictures, though. I'm pretty sure. Actually, you know what? I think I worked at Black's Photography um, when I went to Woodstock. So I think I took most of the pictures and developed them, and then I just gave the girls copies. Like, we may have had, like, I feel like we probably were about disposable cameras. Right. I would think. I'm almost positive that's what we had there. Because we're like, oh, we'll bring disposable, so if like we lose it or whatever, who cares? We'll just get another one. But yeah, I'm pretty sure we rocked the disposable camera there, and I'm pretty sure like any of the pictures that Karen had sent you, like she would have the same ones as I would. But yeah, there was. I'm sure I cut out articles and from the paper when I got home, where my parents kept the paper articles about it. I'm pretty sure it was like front page everywhere. <laughs> it was going on. Right, and when you're hearing stories like and and seeing like. You know, because obviously you guys were just in one part of this gigantic area, you know, and, and you kind of just survived, you know, besides your little trip to get ice cream, uh, you know, and you and you made it back. But when you when you started to see like more videos of the of the looting and the rioting and the fires and stuff and then stories of the sexual assaults came out. Do you remember having any kind of like reaction to that or like, oh, wow, I didn't know it was like that bad, you know? Yeah, I don't know. Now you're like making me want to go back and read some of this stuff because I don't think I ever remember hearing about that or like there was stuff a lot of stuff burned like actually like like burned atm machines burned like when we were walking back we're like oh that was set on fire oh that was set on fire like people like kind of just like set random things on fire because they could i don't know it was very weird but because they were setting fire to such random things and it was like a field and it was hot it was just like smoke everywhere it was gross um but yeah, no, I don't remember like reading that stuff. But I mean, it'd be cool to go back and actually like read articles from it. Oh yeah, then I, I, I'm sure YouTube some uh, some new segments or you know even the HBO uh, documentary that came out recently. Um, you know, it really I really know, harps on that. that. Stuff. It, it really harps on the negative stuff. And what we found interesting doing our show is that while obviously the main narrative and like the whole reason why anyone would be interested in looking at this concert is because of all this bad stuff, the sexual assaults, the fires, the oh, rioting. Yeah. Um, you know, what we found is there was plenty of people that had a great time. You know, like your guys' weekend sounds yeah, pretty mellow. Know. You know, it sounds like yeah. a, like like all that stuff was kind of going on outside of a, like thousands of people's experience. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It was like, yeah, my, my a friend of ours was like, oh, yeah, you guys get to see it, but I don't have HBO. So I told my husband, I'm like, you have to find this online for me and uh, so I can watch it because I've heard it's really good. Um, yeah, it's I a totally see. different experience from what you're describing. Like they make it seem like yeah. from the from the start, oh. it's, it's Lord of the Flies fighting them off until the bitter end. If you were a woman there, you're lucky to have gotten out alive. You know, which and again, oh I mean, not, not to not to belittle the the terrible things that did happen, but you know, from, from what we've heard from so many different people, is it wasn't as widespread as you know the media makes it out to be you know because i mean obviously four teenage girls (laughs) completely unsupervised on your own had a great time got out unscathed you know again not to say that that's everyone's experience but we seem to find that that was more people's experience than the bad 
Yeah, and I feel like a lot of like people probably like, it probably helped that we were like pretty we were sober most of the time too. Sure. Like I feel like some of the people that maybe that happened to like there was a lot of really like I don't even you know it was mostly drugs rather than drinking because drinking there like I mean there's people drinking there but I don't feel like it was like as popular as drugs would have been because it's just easier to do drugs there and you don't have to like you know, to go buy a drink during a concert there would have been like insane walk. You're walking for an hour. It was sure. at least an hour's yeah. walk each way to and from the main stage from our tent. So you're looking at a lot of walking. So, well, so I don't, Oh yeah, go, go ahead. No, I was going to say, so I don't think a lot of people were drinking. I think it was mostly drugs. And I think like a lot of the drugs, like I think probably that's when a lot of the like stuff would have happened to girls that were like vulnerable and, like because we were sober and like always looking out for each other i think we were in a better position almost right well and you you know you had your awful experience early on being being trampled during during dmx so you knew better than to be in the thick of it where you know where you don't necessarily have control over your your surroundings yeah no that was scary yeah and i think we were a little bit nervous too how quickly got separated how easy it was to get separated and then how easy it was to get lost because like we're like holy crap thank God we were at least with one other person because we didn't even really know if the other group of two was a group of two. Right. Like, yeah. so like that was kind of scary too. Cause we were all walking together. Yeah. So, I mean, and it, it was just it, like, so it seems like while that didn't, that kind of stuff didn't like happen to you or you didn't like come across any of that negative stuff. It seems like you could probably imagine how it could have happened, you know, had, had hundred yeah. percent. Yes. Yeah. If I was older, like if I was in my twenties, probably would have been doing a lot more things and I probably well I don't know who knows actually but I think just because we were we were like young to be there like there's people there with their kids and stuff too like I feel like I don't know like I feel like we were yes we were definitely the younger group there like we didn't meet too many people around our age but um, I think we were just like more mesmerized people were mesmerized that we were from Canada and like I remember just <laughs> I remember talking Oh my God. And we're talking to this guy and we thought it was like the funniest thing ever. Cause he literally believed he's like, well, how do you guys know all these bands? And we're like, what do you mean? <laughs> we're in Canada. It's not like the and, iron curtains in between us. No, <laughs> but he was, he was from, first of all, he's from New York. And I'm like, Hey, so he thought legitimately that we lived in igloos <laughs> and that it was insane that we were there. And he's like, well, like, how do you know these bands? Like, how have you seen them? Like, do you guys have CDs? I'm like, what like anyways it was just i think we spent most of the weekend like meeting no offense really dumb americans who knew nothing about canada and so we just thought it was like a fun game to like mess with them like oh yeah like we were we're going back to our igloos like soon like (laughs) and like yeah we would just like mess with like every american (laughs) so because they thought yeah oh my god and then this other guy he's like yeah he's like he was showing us his tattoo and we're like, Oh my God, that's like the Quebec flag. He's like, no, it's not. I'm like, well, it's the fleur de lis. Like it's the Quebec flag. Like it's not an original. He was like, yeah, my original tattoo. I'm like, well, it's not original dude. Like it's a flag in our country. Yeah, It's been around for like hundreds <laughs> of like, years. I mean, go down to fucking yeah. New Orleans in the States and it's everywhere. You know what I mean? It's that Florida Yeah. I'm just yeah. like, yeah, the fleur de lis. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Anyways, he thought it was like an original. We're like, no, you literally have the Quebec flag tattoo on you. That's Anyways, really yeah, funny. we met some. Yeah, so we didn't really like. We would talk to random people, but like I said, we weren't like in the crazy crowds or 
But yeah, it was like you couldn't really avoid them. When you're walking to the main stage, because that's where everybody was, it was really easy to get lost. It was really easy to lose, like, whoever you were with. So we tried to be really, like, cautious the second day. Like, okay, we want to, we got, and it wasn't because, like, we're like, oh my God, we got lost. We're never going to find each other. It was more because, like, we wanted to watch the concerts together and, yeah. like, see the concerts together. But, like, it sucks getting separated. Well, now, that first day for sure. As kind of a as kind of a final thought to, to leave off on, you know, as a, yeah. as, a, as a mom, you know, if your kid was going to go to a giant three day festival, what's well, what are some things, if any, that you learned at Woodstock '99 that you would give them as advice on how to survive uh, a, a big ass concert like that? Oh, just really like, as, don't get people lost. <laughs> like, stick together. Like, even though this is exactly what our parents told us, like, stick together as best you can. Like. And if the crowd was like crazy busy, although I don't think that there ever has been really another big, big 250,000 people situation again, but just make sure you stick close when you're walking in crowds because it's really easy to get lost. And just, you know, I would, if they're going to a big like three day festival, definitely like <laughs> check that there's water available. Like this is number one because, and food and prices because that was like just the, like the survival stuff was like, and packed toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I almost feel like, I honest to God, I think we did. I'm pretty sure I did. Well, that was, was like, wise. Well, you, you guys didn't even know how precious that would be. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we did. Or, or we stole some when we were there. Right. <laughs> Again, I'm pretty sure. You got sticky no, fingers at Woodstock 99. You're just stealing ice cream and toilet talking. paper. Yeah, it's pretty, it's funny because when you talk about it, yeah, I'm pretty sure that that first day when I saw, like, outhouses starting to run out and there was no supply, I'm almost, yeah, I'm positive that we stole, like, a couple of rolls so that, like, anytime <laughs> we needed to go to the bathroom, we had it. It's not even, like, a, yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah, we were just, like, in survival mode, I feel. <laughs> yeah. But, like, still having fun, so we didn't care. <laughs> Well, that's amazing, Sarah. Thank you so much for coming on, no completing problem. the Thanks girl so game. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. Hopefully, know, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, you're able to talk to the other girls. I know it's busy, but if not, hopefully, Karen and I's experience gave you some ideas. <laughs> yes, it sounds like a perfect lost weekend. You know, it's just like a, a good time yeah. for all. The girl gang goes to Woodstock '99. I would love to talk to the other gals uh, again. Thanks for I coming on, and uh, I'll let you know awesome. when this comes out. Thanks so much. That would be great. All righty. Bye bye. Thanks. Bye. Well, there you have it, folks. See, um, despite what we've always talked about on this show, it seems as though that if you were a group of impressionable young teenage girls at Woodstock 99, you could survive and come out unscathed. Um, uh, you know, also, I, I love the, the stories where it's like, it's like, yeah, and then we saw a band, and then we kind of just went back. You know, it's like it, it really shows Woodstock 99 in a different light than what we're used to on Podcast 99 and just in general the way that it's always uh, been talked about. So this was, um, you know, and there might even be a part two because I would love to get the other the other two gals on here because you always get something a little different from each person in a group. But um, without further ado, if you went to, worked at, or played Woodstock 99, contact us at podcast99official at gmail.com or on our Instagram at podcast 99 i'm ryan lichten and i will see you at woodstock